Father, thank you for the word. Thank you, Lord, for dance and song and music and worship that honors you and glorifies your name. God, teach us in a greater way regarding this worship that we have made a choice and we said, glory to the Lord. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And we settle that at Valley Community. Lord, we speak to the east, the west, the north, and the south for the hundreds and hundreds of people that are struggling with their relationship and fellowship with you. God, direct them to us so that we can teach them and guide them in the way to glorify your name in their lives. And we give you honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're seated, everyone say the name Jesus. Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you. We have been talking for 15 years how that we had a job to do. And the job to do was to restructure our church. Part of the restructuring was to fix so many things that were in our church that had broken. Plumbing, electrical, flooring, painting, fixing. So many people have dove in and have done so much at the church. One of the major things that you've done, you've been faithful in your tithe and your offerings. And because of that, in 15 years, we have spent $2.1 million fixing this place. We are now in a season of breakthrough. And this season of breakthrough is now we're going going to give glory to the Lord by ordaining, glorifying the Lord with the beauty of this church. Beginning April 18th through 22nd, we will be reflooring all the flooring in the Learning Center. We have painted uh, and we have fixed, and now we are going to refloor the whole Learning Center. That is stage one. Stage two, we're going to move into the foyer and the main offices, and we'll be reflooring the foyer and recarpeting the offices. We also, at that time frame, will be redoing the parking lot and uh, restriping and making it like brand new as it should look like brand new because this is the glory of heaven. Part three, we will be diving into the sanctuary. And we are going to be totally restructuring our sanctuary, our platform, and building it to where it is going to help us in the near future of the plans that we have of our worship, our dance, our music, our Bible studies, our conferences, and leadership training that we will be doing. And we will be uh, restructuring the sanctuary to refloor it. Uh, we will be um, restaging our seating and uh, up in the balcony, and we will be doing that. So uh, that will be taking place. What I'm going to ask you to do 
is that right now we have been very uh, good with our finances, and we have more than enough money to pay for the first and the second and part of the third stage. But we do not want to reach into that because we want to do greater things, build greater leadership, and to provide more for our community, our city, our state, and our country, and our world. And so we are going to continue to honor the Lord by uh, taking care of with integrity our finances. And so what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to help fund all of the restructure that we're going to do in the next couple years. And so the, the first stage uh, is going to be costing $54,000 to redo the Learning Center. And so I'm asking you, uh, two weeks from today, not today, not next week, but the following Sunday, to be praying for two weeks and asking the Lord what you would want to give. And I'm believing that as has happened before in the history of my ministry, that at one point in North Carolina, when I went there a few months after, the church was in debt and uh, property and building and all the above. And someone who was part of the church came in and said, the Lord has just spoke to me and I'm gonna pay off the facility. And so he wrote a large check and paid off the facility. That is something that God will do. God will provide if we have the heart of giving. God doesn't say, I want you to think about, believe God, and hopefully one day you will make enough money to be able to give. He says, I want to, to give to people who are planters, who are seed planters. And so my wife and I have discussed, and uh, in the beginning stage, the first stage, my wife and I will be writing a check out for $5,000. And uh, we will be writing that check out for $5,000. You know, if we did that and 10 others did that, then we would pay for the, the learning center. But I know we need to all be involved. There are some of you that could right now write a check out for the whole amount and do so. If we have above and beyond, then we'll be able to move into the, the uh, foyer and the offices in a quicker fashion. And even if we give largely, we will be able to move into uh, the area of our sanctuary. Right now, we are uh, going to be developing the plan for the sanctuary. And the plan for the sanctuary, it will change the look of our sanctuary. And we are in the midst of the planning stage. Then from there, we will finalize it through the the governance of our uh, church through the church council and the shepherd elders and go through every aspect of it and get that okay, then we'll present it to you as a congregation uh, that how we're going to do this. And um, then we will get you to be able to come in and to come in an agreement and we will be in unity. And when there's unity, there's miracles that take place. And so we're going to be doing that, and I'm going to take you, as your under-shepherd, I'm going to take you to greater heights than you've ever dreamed about. God has given me a vision and a direction of things that meant much of it I have not shared yet, and what is going to happen is you will be able to rise up <clears throat> in your giftings and callings, 
and begin to be involved in world-changing things. There, we are reaching out into our world already, and we have done that for years. We have given hundreds of thousands of dollars to missions, and we are givers, but I'm asking you to be anointed and led of the Holy Spirit to do this. So we are starting already in faith that this is going to be paid for, and uh, we have the money already. We're going to pay for it, but we're going to see that the money is returned because of the giving heart of people. And I'm believing that there are people that you know in business that would want to donate, and they could donate because this is going to be a place that offers uh, healing, that offers hope in a time frame in our world that there's a chaotic mess. And we're going to see that happen. We're going to be leaders in our government. We're going to see more of you dive into politics. We're going to see more of you diving into many different things. Why? Because that's the vision that God has given us as the church. Do not allow the enemy to deceive you. Do not allow the enemy to bring fear into your lives, especially in your finances. And because of that, I'm going to give you, so there's no deception on giving uh, and receiving that after Easter, I will dive into part of our breakthrough in finances, and I'm going to teach you for three Sundays regarding kingdom finances, kingdom giving, and kingdom realities that will manifest not only in our church, but in your home, in your business, and in your jobs. Pastor Dan has been led of the Holy Spirit for over two years now, that most every time where he prays, he is praying for, for promotion. And God is going to promote. The, the, the Bible says that we are, hum, we are to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that in due time, God's season, God's time frame, we will be lifted up. And so that's what God's going to do. Many of you that have retired, you're going to find out that God says you're not retiring from the kingdom and you're going to start diving more into the kingdom reality and doing things. And some of you young people here, we got quite a few. I want you to understand, you're a part of this too. You're a part of this too. If all you receive is an allowance, then you, you give from that allowance and be a blessing and watch God bless you. Watch God do things in your school. Watch God do things in every area of your life because you are walking in kingdom finances. Amen. I want to preach on that now, but we're not going to. Because I want to talk about our shepherds. So again, a week or two weeks from, sorry, a week from tomorrow, we will begin our flooring in the, in the learning center. Amen. Amen. And so it should be done by Friday. So the following Sunday, uh, you, that'll be the very essence. You will be able to see what you're giving to. And uh, it's going to be exciting. Thank you uh, for who you are. And I am very proud of you. Again, you are a blessing to me. And VCC Live, you can be a part of that. You can go online and you can click and donation and you can give towards this too along with your tithe and offering. You are a blessing too. And, I, and thank you for your comments and your, uh, just some of you that I know personally, but you attend somewhere else and you watch us.
Thank you for being a blessing to me personally. The Bible depicts something that I want to show you in three ways. So follow me with my my thoughts for about five minutes, and then I'm going to teach you what it really is. The Bible depicts the church in three different ways. It says we are a family. It says we are a fellowship. And then it also says the church is a flock. Psalm 100 verse 3 actually says this. We are his people, speaking of Jesus, our shepherd, and the sheep of his pasture. When we talk about that, we wonder, what what does that mean? We're going to show you why we are sheep and why he is a shepherd. So we are sheep, and Jesus is the manifested presence of a true shepherd. John 10.10 says this, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. I like the wording because he didn't say I'm like a shepherd. He said, I am a shepherd. Hold on to that thought. Let's continue verse 11. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And we know he did that, didn't he? Verse 12, but the hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf, who is Satan, coming and leaves the sheep and flees. Remember verse 10, the thief is also Satan. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am Jesus. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. You know, I'm glad he's a good shepherd. Aren't you? Because we're sheep. Sheep cannot do much without a shepherd. So we need a shepherd, and again, he reminds us that he's a good one. He's a good one. Turn to Psalm 23, and what I want to do today and then continue next week, I have three things I want to show you about Jesus as being our shepherd, what that means. And I'm going to explain it to you, and I'm going to show you with certain words, three things of each thing I want to give you. I want to show you and explain to you what you and I have because we're his sheep and we know him. First of all, what we see here is that he provides, the shepherd provides. Psalm 23, verse 1 through 3 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In the Hebrew, the word want literally means lack. I shall not lack. We can read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. I won't need anything because the shepherd provides everything I need. What do you need, church? I didn't say, what do you want? So what do you need? The shepherd will provide it. If we will see Jesus, who came in triumphant entry into the city, see him as our shepherd, who will meet every need, 
then we'll begin to move into that realm of lifestyle of the kingdom as seed givers, and we will be able to see the harvest of everything that God has promised us. Verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So notice David begins this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So he is literally saying he's a provider in all things. And when I say that, there's a tendency of people to differentiate between life and church life. I want to tell you, because we are sheep and he's a shepherd, our whole life is based upon I'm sheep and he's shepherd. And he's a provider in every area of my life. Jesus doesn't give us what we want, but what we need in abundance. It's abundance. It's not a lack. It's not just some. It's abundance. So if you think about it, the Jewish people at the time wanted a political leader. We need political leaders. But wanted a political leader. But in essence, they needed a savior. In essence, we need to begin to think of our lives as one that has a savior, our shepherd. The good shepherd gives you what you need. By the way, Let me just say this. In a few weeks, we'll be talking about this. When you tithe, it's the first step of you saying, you believe God is your provider and no one else. You're believing that God is your provider. To explain him in being a provider, let me now give you three things about his provision. What does he do in provision? First of all, the Bible tells us that he makes In Psalm 23, 2, it says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. Well, let's explain that. Green pastures and still waters. And a believer should have both of these things on a daily lifestyle. What are they? Green pastures is contentment. Green pastures is... He leads me to contentment. Still waters is peace. So he leads you contentment and peace. This is why we come to church. Let me explain it. We've been saying it forever here, ever since I've come here in 1979. You can lie in green pastures of worship. Worship produces green pastures and sit in the peace of the word being taught. We are a word church. You are a worshiper and a word person. When you will live in this, he makes me. In other words, it's not a choice that maybe will be a part of the word, maybe will be a worshiper. It is a choice. Yes, I will be a worshiper and I will be a person of the word. And because of that, I will have contentment, and I will have peace. Now, if you're online, don't turn me off after I say this statement. 
You, you know, you might be on vacation, that's great, and you're watching me on the beach in Florida. I'm jealous. Or you might right now not be feeling well, or your kids are sick. But all of us need to come together. You need to gather with the body of Christ. We need to be together. Something happens in the presence of God together. Something happens when you and I are in unity together. Something happens when we see that flooring next door and we're in unity about that and people's lives are changed. Something happens that one day when we return to praying for the sick, anointing with oil in our sanctuary, that something happens when the whole body of Christ comes together in unity and prays for you. Something happens when we together, when someone loses a, lo a, a loved one and we have a memorial here and we are here serving food and, and helping people and praying for people, something happens. It's the shepherd meeting the needs of the flock of God. And it's called unity. And you and I need to be a people that drive in a strong way to be in unity that who we are, what we are, it's the power of God in us that makes this happen. So focus on this, please. The shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures. Sometimes, family, Jesus has to make me lie down and sit down. And I've shared this with you. This was one of my main struggles. I can try to give excuses, but there's no excuse. One of my main struggles, being a German, I, you get up, you get it done. You just do it. If it takes two jobs, three jobs, five jobs, you know, it takes 15, 20 hours a day, get her done. And, and that's, that's just how I was raised. That's, that's my personality. But God sometimes will make me lie down because me doing that, then I am only trusting in me to get her done. But Jesus, our shepherd, meets every need. So I'm still learning, and sometimes the Lord had to make me. And now the Lord really threw all this COVID chaos. By the way, this COVID chaos is returning a hundredfold to me and will to you if you will see Jesus as your shepherd. Here's is my analogy in my calling as a pastor. Here's my calling. I'm like a fuel truck. Everywhere I go, I'm filling others up. Everywhere I go, there's someone there that has a need. So I'm, a, you know, I'm filling them up. But I'm learning how to be refueled. And for decades, I lived my life, get her done. And I'm still gonna do that. I work hard. But the reality is, I've learned about the green pastures. I've learned about the still waters. And now I'm living in the greatest times of my life. And I've had great things manifest through the years because I've learned 
how to rest, to refuel. Now, my refueling is not studying and preparing. Because I do that every day. My refueling is resting. So I still sometimes don't want to say anything that I'm taking a couple days off. Because this German mentality says, you know, lazy people take days off. No, that's not true. Godly people take time off. But godly people get the work done in the time frame that is allotted. Why? Because godly people walk in the anointing of God and make it happen. Are you following the thought there? Okay, so we're talking about how the shepherd provides. So the Lord has designed you and me for rest. And if we don't, we break down. Here's a second rule under he provides and or his provision. He restores. Verse three, he restores my soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Have you ever said this? Man, I was crushed when my child did what they did. I was crushed when my spouse left me. I was crushed when my good friend passed away. You're actually saying my soul was crushed. Now, I believe in counseling and ministry. I'm working with some people today that they're, they're getting their degrees and everything and counseling and all that and helping them in this area. But it's the Lord who restores our soul through that counseling or ministry. The end result, it's our shepherd that does it. We might have tools in our life that help us get there. That's what I am. I'm a pastor that helps you find God, that teaches you. Because I can't heal you. I can't save you. It's our shepherd that does. The shepherd is the only one who can restore your soul. And so if we don't understand that we're sheep and he's our shepherd, triumphant entry into Israel, then we're going to lose out on some of the peace and some of the joy of our walk with God. The third under, he provides. He leads. He leads me, verse 3, in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Righteousness means he puts us in right standing with God through grace. Jesus Christ went to the cross. His triumphal entry was that he went there to show the victory of what he's going to do. He was going to die for you. A shepherd dies for you. But I also want to walk in righteousness and be pleasing to the Lord. So in order to do that, I need to understand that righteousness and begin to walk in that. So he leads me in the ways of righteousness. Shepherds never drive sheep, they lead sheep. I did have conversations with shepherds uh, the first time I was in Israel, and I was asking them some questions, and they, they shared some things with me. And many other people, I've, I've read books about shepherding and all that. The shepherds never drive sheep, they lead them. By the way, did you know sheep are undrivable? They're undrivable. They, they don't push sheep. 
you have to drive them sometimes to protect them, and usually how they protect them is they have a sheepdog that will herd them and keep them together to protect them. That's why don't forsake the assembling together of the believers. Your protection, part of your protection comes from just coming and being a family, being the family of God. I want to drive that into you. It's so important. Did you know that shepherds have a signal for their own sheep? Every shepherd either had a whistle, a sound, or whatever. And when they make the noise or sound, all the sheep that they own come running to the shepherd. And you could do this with a few thousand. Actually, in Israel, there are certain places in Israel where they allow the, the sheep to go eat at certain times of the year. And at that time, you will find 10, 12, 14 flocks of sheep with 10, 12, 14 shepherds. And so all the sheep would just mingle around and be around and everything. And then when the shepherds, after quite a few hours, are ready to go home, then the first shepherd would make a sound. And all of a sudden, if you would take a movie of it, that all these sheep that are just, just eating, just you know, hanging around and stuff and don't know where they're at, what they're doing, whatever, the shepherd will make a sound and all of a sudden his sheep will go. He'll make a sound again, then they'll start making their way towards the sound because they know the voice or the sound of their shepherd. And so the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, keep doing that until all the sheep are accounted for. Wow. They do this over and over and over. That's why the scripture says, my sheep know my voice. Here's the second thing of Jesus being our shepherd. He protects. He protects. Psalm 23, verse 4 and 5, speaks of the death uh, and enemies where, where we get protection from him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Follow me with this. Death is the biggest fear of humans. Death is the biggest fear of humans. That's why you see in Scripture always talking about death and victory over death, hell, and the grave. Some of you might say, nope, my biggest fear, not my brother over here, he collects snakes, but my biggest fear is snakes. No, your biggest fear is a snake's going to bite you and you're going to die. Some of you think my mom had a, a horrid fear of heights. Some of you think, well, my biggest fear is heights. No, your fear of heights is you're afraid of falling and dying. So the shepherd takes the biggest fear we have and he destroys the power of it. Jesus conquered death. That's what Easter is all about. He conquered it. We don't have to fear. We have eternity with him. Now, three things about protection. He is with us. The first is he is with us in the battle. Psalm 23, 4, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the question is, 
Why would his rod and staff bring comfort? Because he doesn't use his rod or his staff on you and me. He doesn't hit the sheep. He hits the wolf. And the wolf is Satan. I never said to my dad, your paddle and your belt, they comfort me. (laughs) Even though I needed discipline. But you know that Father God hit his son for us? The Bible said it pleased him to bruise his son for you and me, our shepherd. So who is the wolf afraid of? Who is the enemy afraid of? The shepherd. What that means is you should be close to the shepherd. So when we talk about all the different things, we're going to have fun with the kids and They're going to have the Easter eggs and all the different things, but they're hearing the gospel story and the truth of what's going on. Just see my wife come in early today. She's all excited about teaching the gospel to your children today and all the team next door. Here's the second thing regarding protection. He blesses us in the battle. How many of you right now are in a battle? Yeah. Understand, your shepherd blesses you in the midst of it. Let me show you. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. Now, I was thinking about that the other day, and I was thinking, you know, well, God, why don't you just kill my enemy, and then we can have dinner? (laughs) But he blesses me in the midst, in front of my enemy. See, it's in the presence because he is not afraid of him, the thief or the wolf. Fear has been defeated. You have not been given the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind that will restore your soul. Picture with me, Jesus sitting at the table serving you a meal with 20-foot angels around protecting you. Picture with me, because that's what goes on. When you are understanding that you have a shepherd that protects you and you're sitting there in the midst of your battle, you need to understand that, that Jesus has called out for, the, for these angels to be there to protect you in the midst of your battle. So stand strong. Sometimes a shepherd will even calm the storm like he did in the Bible, but sometimes he will calm the child with the storm still raging. That's why I'm proud of so many of you because I know you've faced some storms in these past couple years. But in the midst of those storms, you stayed faithful to your shepherd. You stayed faithful to your church. You stayed faithful to your family in the midst of the storm because you understood this, what I'm teaching you. And this Easter season, we need to celebrate. And next weekend, as we gather together, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we need to celebrate and rejoice in what we have in our shepherd. So sometimes he just calms you. Here's the third thing on protection. He refreshes us in the battle. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. The oils, the the effects of oil is refreshing and strength. The Holy Spirit refreshes you and strengthens you in the midst of your battle. Only if you see that he's your shepherd and he's the one 
that will bring your answer. He's the one that protects you. Now, get this. I know you're strong in the Lord. I know you're full of faith. But you're full of faith in the one that will do it for you. Well, let's move on. In the midst of the battle, expect him to refresh you and strengthen you. Don't believe the deception. What is that deception? That you cannot handle it anymore. It's too much because the shepherd said, I give you a refreshing and I will strengthen you, but you need to see me as your strength and your refreshing. You need to see me as that. There's never too much. The Bible even tells us he'll never give you anything Allow anything to handle that's greater than you can handle. Sometimes you feel like you can't because in yourself you can't. But in him, you can. Also, it's not a refreshing of just take a little sip. The shepherd pours till it runs over. Oh, church family, stop just hoping God will fix it. Thank God for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that it will run over and you have more than enough. Begin to live your lives. This is what it means. Jesus, we have all the different songs and different things and musicals and all that that don't teach what really takes place. That's why I'm excited about Saturday night because what they have given, what they've written is gonna show you the truth and the truth will bring you freedom. It will bring you freedom, bring your friends, bring your relatives, because it will change their lives. Well, let me say it this way. Contrary to our prideful thoughts, can I make it personal? Your prideful thoughts, you cannot provide for yourself and or protect yourself. But it is good news you have a shepherd who does. I'm a faith guy. And sometimes us faith guys have a tendency to become independent. Me. When it becomes about me, then I lose the focus on the power of God. And I'm only walking in my own power. See, do you realize the peace you will have when you realize you have a shepherd that protects and provides for you? will provide for your kids. Some of you have come in and you have this weight on your shoulders about your grandchild or your child or your parent. And I want to tell you, God will do what he said. Yes, you work hard, but God's a provider. Yes, you're strong. You're faith-filled, but God's the one that protects. Jesus is the shepherd, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Again, the shepherd of our lives. Here's the third. Here it is. He promises. He promises. Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely means, not that lady down the street, 
surely means it's a fact. It's absolute truth. The three things we learn from, he promises are good news, goodness, mercy, and eternal life. Goodness, mercy, eternal life. That's a fact. And the word follow in the Hebrew means chase. He chases you. Some of you like your spouses to chase you. I learned to run slower. So I get caught. God chases you with goodness, mercy, and eternal life. Matter of fact, if you're running from him today, he's chasing you. Not to slap you around and hit you with the stick. He doesn't do that with his sheep. He chases you with goodness. He chases you with mercy. And he chases you with eternal life. What you have to do is receive him as your shepherd and accept the fact that you're, you're his sheep. We are the flock of God. Let's all stand. I want to remind you as you're standing, goodness and mercy and eternal life is running after you, is pursuing you 24-7, your whole life pursuing you. Slow down. Enjoy the green pastures. Enjoy the shepherd. Enjoy the still waters, the rest. God's judgment is not chasing you. Preachers, stop preaching that. Preaching his, preach his goodness and his mercy will follow you. Stop and receive all the shepherd has for you. Can we do this this morning? Can we raise our hands? And raise your hands as you're receiving something. And I want you to choose. Make the proclamation by your hands being raised, not really by what you're saying, that you receive him as your shepherd today. That no longer you're going to allow life to lead you, but you allow the shepherd to lead you. And when trials come in, when correction comes in, that sheep herder, that dog comes in and gathers you back into the fold. Receive it with gladness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace, which includes your correction. And Lord, as we leave this place, we leave with the understanding that we are part of a family, a fellowship of God that allows Jesus Christ to be Lord of our lives. And we give you praise and honor and glory 
for all you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. See you Friday.